0: Blog Talk
1: Radio. I think you just got your first number one, Yoko.
2: Welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe, and today we're really, really happy to have Bob Gruen back, and we're going to be talking about his newest book, See, Here Yoko, and that obviously was Yoko Ono, and that was Walking on Thin Ice, which is a really cool song if you really listen to it. It's got some really good beats in there and some really good sounds. But the main reason we really want to do this show today is because Bob, um, along with um, the voice of Austin, Texas, Jody Denberg, um, released a book, See Here, Yoko, which was originally conceived for Yoko as a birthday present. And, um, you know, Bob had gone through all these amazing – Bob Gruen is just an amazing photo extraordinaire – But he went through a bunch of photos that he had of Yoko and selected um, 200 classic color black and white photos that really show Yoko the life of her and um, the height of her fame and woman, wife, mother, and uh, avant-garde artist and uh, gave that to her as a present. And they have decided to publish this amazing book, so there are some. Um, just you have to. You had to have been there to have the photos, and so I'm sure there's a lot of stories behind the photos. And so, I know that I'm going to bring Bob on real quick, and also Spencer Drake, with the Indie Cafe, who will be with me on this show. Um, actually, I'll be with him on his show. And um, I wanted to really quick give out Bob Gruen's website. It's B O B and then G R U E N dot com. And you can get the book on Amazon and pretty much everywhere. And let me bring everyone in to the studio. And if you'd like to call in, also, um, the number is 347 677 1036. And there's a chat room that is open if you'd like to listen. And welcome to the show, Bob. Um or be- walk welcome back I should say. We did a okay, show in two thousand and ten. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome Spencer to the show. Hi.
0: Yeah. And well here thanks we are. for having me so,
2: back.
3: I'm I'm happy to be here.
2: I'm so happy you're here, Bob. This book is amazing. I just it's just a beautiful tribute to her and uh as you as I said originally you Created this book for her as a birthday present, right? Well, two and, years um, ago,
3: Yoko was turning eighty eighty years old, and uh-huh. I've been working with her for more than forty years since 1971. And okay. um, it just uh, Jody came up with the idea because he's been interviewing her for 25 years for her official uh, press kit interviews, and he suggested taking quotes from her interviews and m- matching them up to some of my pictures to make a book specifically for Yoko as a gift. And it's the kind of thing where you lay you get a layout online. And uh, and upload the, all the pictures, and then they print a copy and send it back to you. And it's a pretty nice, you know, uh, well-made book. It's actually kind of expensive to get one at a time. Beautiful. Um, but that was the plan: it was just, just just to get one book and give it to Yoko as a birthday present. So, all the pictures were picked out very personally for her. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't really picked out intentionally to, you know, make it uh, make the a public, public story right. about her. Give everyone. Yeah, so it's a little yeah. bit different because I think if I'd done one for the public. There would have been more um, different events that we went to, and so on. But these were all favorite moments for Yoko. There's a lot of pictures of her and Sean growing up. Um, mm-hmm. Some of my favorites are Sean playing at home, uh, or Yoko and Sean together. You know, sometimes when we traveled. Uh, but there's also a lot of uh, pictures of Yoko at her art events, at her openings, uh, at different art installations she's made, uh, at different charities she's uh, supported. And so it was a real well-rounded selection of pictures. Um, but like I say, they were all picked personally for things that were, you know, fond memories and things that she would like. Um, and then she liked it so much, in fact, that uh, a month later she asked me to publish it. And then a month after that, wow. her lawyer called up and said, Yoko wants me to remind you that she really means you for you to publish oh. this. Uh, <laughs> and then Jody actually Great. knows somebody who works with Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp uh-huh. has his own imprint uh, publishing company uh-huh. distributed yeah. by HarperCollins. So it's actually on the Infinitum Nil, Johnny's label, uh, distributed by HarperCollins. And it's out now hopefully everywhere.
2: No, it it is everywhere. And, you know, real quick, you said in 1971, and that was Spencer's question and my question, how did hmm. you get introduced to the Lennons? We want to ask you that. Um, well, I that first happen. saw them in
3: 1971 at a benefit at the Apollo Theater. Uh, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know they were going to be there. I went to see uh, uh, Aretha Franklin performing. uh, It was a benefit for the families of the prisoners who were injured in the Attica prison riot.
2: And when I walked
3: in, I heard them announce John Lennon, Yoko Ono, and Plastic Ono Band, and I felt like I'd been struck by lightning. I couldn't believe I was in the same room as John and Yoko. I ran to the front and took some (laughs) pictures, and then -hmm. when they were leaving, I took some more pictures, and... And they were standing around the, you know, a lot of people were taking little instamatic snapshot kind of things. And at one point, John said, everybody's, you know, always taking our picture. We never get to see these pictures. What happens to these pictures? And I knew that they had moved into the village literally around the corner from me here in Greenwich Village. Uh, They lived on Bank Street. And uh, I said, well, I live around the corner. I'll show you my pictures. And John said, you live around the corner? We'll slip them under the door. And I didn't actually sit <laughs> on the door, I rang uh-uh. the bell and Jerry Rubin <laughs> answered the door, which I thought was kind of funny, <laughs> it sort of freaked me uh-huh. out a um, and he asked if they were respecting me and I said, no, I just want to leave this for them and, and later Yoko kind of mentioned that that was a bit mysterious because everybody wanted to meet them and nobody just gave them something and left And but I was busy, I was doing things and I actually met them um, it was a couple of months later, I was involved in one of the first books of rock and roll photography called uh, Photography of Rock and the mm-hmm. uh, Writer who was writing the biographies for the book Henry Edwards, he liked me and liked my pictures, and uh, he said he was writing a story about the Elephant's Memory Band and who were backing up John and Yoko, and they were doing it, an, and he was doing an interview with them, and he asked me if I would come and take the pictures, and I said be happy to, and uh, I remember actually meeting him at a hotel where they were doing the interviews so people wouldn't have to come to their house, and uh, I walked in and he said that they had just woken up and they weren't expecting a photographer. And, Um, They were a little cranky, but I should wait a little while, and he said, I'm sure they'll wake up, and they'll feel better, and they'll let you come up, and they'll let you take pictures, and they'll probably like you, and they'll like your pictures, and you'll probably end up becoming their friend and working for them for years, and I just said, yeah, right, okay, I'll be in the bar. Let me know when you're ready, you know? And he came and got me about 20 minutes later, and uh, I went upstairs. I remember being extremely nervous. I was walking down the hall shaking, going, oh, my God, I'm going to meet John and Yoko. Uh, And I realized I was shaking too much to take a picture, so I stopped and I took a breath. And I realized the only way it would work is if I just did what I did and they happened to like it. And so I calmed down, and I went in a bit more calmly. And um, they did like what I did, and they did like me. And a couple weeks later, they contacted me that they wanted to use one of the pictures in the Sometime in New York album cover. And that's the first time I really went and spoke to them. And at the end of that meeting, uh, they said they liked me a lot and they wanted me to come around more often. And uh, and I've been doing that ever since.
2: <laughs> that's I was, awesome. Wow. I know they actually even considered years. you to be their own personal photographer. That's what you told me last time. <laughs> I remember that.
3: Well, the relationship that was... developed more and more. I started coming to their studio, and then when they had the Massachusetts Garden concerts, and, and they generally mm-hmm. liked the work that I did and the way that I did it. So... Um, you know, I, I, it, it wasn't an exclusive photographer. They were, you know, a world-class mm-hmm. act, and there were other people who would know them or see them uh, or interview them. Uh, but whenever they needed a picture, like uh, for when Sean was born and they wanted pictures to send to their family, they called me when Sean was a month old. Oh, and there's great. some really sweet pictures of wow. that in the book. And uh, And actually, at one point, when... John needed, a, when he was applying for his green card and they needed an ID picture, he called me to take
1: that. But the the photo on his, on his card green card is actually. Card.
3: So, yeah, the photo yeah. on the green card is one that I took. It's a nice one. That's that's really? a trivial one. I like that one. Mm-hmm. That's,
2: that's a real good
3: trivia question.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. So, well, I know Spence has some questions about the photos, but I have one more, really quick mm-hmm. question before we get into that. I mm-hmm. read somewhere when you went that night to give her this book mm-hmm. that she had some records that she found that she released um, that night or that week or whatever. What's that all about?
3: Oh, that might you might be misinterpreting an article that was misinterpreted. <laughs>
2: oh, okay. Um, I in, had in, read in, that. I wasn't well, sure.
3: yeah, Because in February, what they were saying, they kind of say that Yoko's releasing all these things, but actually there were several records. Anthony and the Johnsons released one. There's one called uh, Cut Work that I think um, mm-hmm. um, has been released here. There's a tribute, you know, there's a number of different bands, and Anthony's got a song that's on a record, and there was about two okay. or three different tribute records that were released, and there's my book, and there's actually another book by a guy named Shinnyama who uh, worked for them for a short period of time in 1980, but he has some beautiful pictures, and he released, a, I think it's a Tashin book. So there were several projects, and there was an article out that Yoko was releasing all of these things, uh, although they are all separate projects about her but not actually released by her.
2: That's great. Uh, well, thanks for clarifying that because we yeah, really wanted to good. know that. Um, and again, yeah, I mean, she's busy, anybody? Releasing
3: her own, she's busy releasing her own projects. Um, uh-huh. You know, she has a, a big exhibit coming up uh, in, next month that opens at the Museum of Modern Art here in New York, yeah. which will be a retrospective yeah, no, right. of her work from the 60s. Yeah. Um, Ben's
2: had some info on that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, gonna and that's going to be that's very really exciting. That's cool. really
3: that's a big show. But she has exhibits around the world. Uh, I'm, I'm often, I'm, she's so busy, I, I don't usually know where she is. She could be in Vienna or she could be in Australia or she could be mm-hmm. in Japan or she might be in Russia or all of those places in one week, <laughs> you know, because uh, she's incredibly busy uh, and very popular nowadays. great
2: that she travels and does all that. And, again, yeah. um, I want to say really quick, this is uh, – in a special edition of the Indie Cafe on Red Velvet Media, and we have Bob Gruen, and we're talking about his see here Yoko, and if you would like to tune in, the show will be on iTunes afterwards, and also on demand on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio. The chat room's open, and if you'd like to call in, it's three four seven six seven seven one zero three six. So if you missed the beginning, you can listen to it on demand afterwards. So um, getting into the photography part of it and uh, the stories behind the pictures, and know Spencer, you had some photos Yeah, that you I wanted, wanted to talk
1: about. You wanted to talk about it a little bit, and I wanted to tell everybody out there that I, was, I have been privileged in my life to do some uh, iconic covers with Bob's photos, a number of Road to Ruin, D. Mm-hmm. D. King, a number of others, And so I know his work, and it's wonderful. I mean, he is just a very feeling, very feeling photographer. I wanted to go over a couple of these photos. I'll start with the beginning, Bob. Um, I really like the early, uh, we sort of, by the way, the book uh, is the type of book where I felt that if anybody didn't know John, Yoko, Sean, they will know them by the end of this book, which is quite a I feel a very warm book uh, for people to get. And uh but I wanna start off in the beginning of the book where um you took those shots uh Henry Edwards, uh Bob mm-hmm. at Saint Moritz. Yeah. Those are really beautiful shots. They were like um can you tell us something about that?
3: Well, um, they were doing an interview with Henry, and I was just kind of moving around the room. Uh, there are some really nice ones of uh, Yoko looking right at me, of uh, John and Yoko smiling. Yeah, they're um, beautiful. And, and, and we just kind of hit it off from the beginning. We just felt comfortable with each other. Uh, I think partly because I stopped in the hall and caught my breath and, and you know made it a point of going in there calmly. Because uh, Yoko mentioned to me later that very often photographers who meet them or everybody who meets them were very nervous. And that if the person taking the pictures is very nervous, it makes them nervous, and so they look nervous in the pictures. Uh, and they appreciated the fact that uh, I seemed very calm, and I try to stay calm in my life, actually.
1: There's a great shot going on in the. I'm going in progression, by the way, Bob. Uh, the record plant of uh, John and Yoko at the uh, at the at the table, the recording table,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's a really great moment. I mean, it's like. You caught them at a moment where they don't. You're there, but their faces are like really in another world. You know, it's an incredible
3: shot. Mm -hmm. Well, they were in their own world. They were very much in touch with each other all the time. I mean, they lived in reality around them, but they always had this special connection with each other. Uh, There's another picture in the book there where they're facing each other with their arms around each other. um, That we kind of call John and Yoko in love, and uh, because they look very much in love. And that was a very calm, connected moment in the midst of chaos when they were rehearsing for the Mm. concert at Madison Square Garden and there must have been uh, 60 or 70 people all around them with engineers and electricians and movie people and musicians and roadies and everybody all going at once. And they just always stayed in touch and stayed calm and connected to each other. John and Yoko, I mean, John Lennon once said that John and Yoko is one word.
1: Wow. There's a shot here of them during rehearsals at Temple East mm. at the one and one concert, right? Uh, which is an amazing, also some, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm only picking several shots. The whole book is just filled with amazing shots. That's amazing. I don't want to feel that these are the only shots. But, yeah. But after
3: more than 40 years, I have a lot of pictures of Yoko, so we tried to pick out some of the best ones.
1: Yeah, it, there's a great, uh, also another series is great on the, uh, it looks like on the boardwalk. Uh, Bank Street. Bank Street. Pier. That's not a
3: boardwalk. That was the dock, the pier that used to the dock, be out here the in The dock Yeah, River. those are beautiful.
1: Yeah. Beautiful color. And, and that's at dawn we, we walked one... out
3: there on the pier when, after a long night working in the studio, and went to the pink teacup for breakfast, and then took a walk on the pier.
1: Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed about you, and this is really true. Uh, there's another shot of John and Yoko at the recording of approximately infinite. Pro-
0: Universe, the universe. and it's the back yeah. of their
1: heads and I'll tell you something it's an incredible shot I mean it's mm. the back of their heads but it's an amazing shot <laughs> and that's something that, that you, you always get Bob I, I notice in your work you always get these angles or things that you know are just wonderful well you know, they're and both there's...
3: very powerful personalities and I try to capture the feeling and the passion of what's going on in the moment and yeah. with personalities like John and Yoko there's a lot of passion and feeling so for me, it was pretty easy to be taking a lot of pictures of them.
1: There is a there's another one. The press conference announcing the free country, Newtopia. Yes, that, that was, was a fun day. That was
3: actually April 1st, I think, in '73, maybe. Yeah. Um, and the U.S. government had announced that they were trying to that they wanted to deport John and Yoko. and so they announced that the formation of a new country called Newtopia, a country that has no borders, no boundaries, only people. And uh, all people in Newtopia are, you know, our ambassadors of the country. And so, as ambassadors of Newtopia, they were asking for political asylum. I mean, you know, a, a, a diplomatic immunity to stay in the United States. Uh, their lawyer was kind of shocked. It didn't really work legally. It took them about another two or three years to settle the case and, and have the government stop trying to deport them. Uh, but it was a great concept, the idea of Newtopia, of, of, you know, a country that encompasses the whole world No-topia. and all the people.
2: What a great name. That's know, they're, great. They're, I love that. That's you know, kind of like John's
3: Imagine song, Imagine No Country is Nothing to Kill Oh, yeah, no,
2: that's absolutely. That's right. You know, you Gosh. know, Spence, when you're going through these pictures, you know my favorite one is the one where she's laying down on the piano. Yeah, um, uh-huh. that's, oh, I miss that that's one, great. That one in front of the That's organ. a great yeah, that's shot. It's like an rehearsal. organ.
3: Yeah. At the re- yeah. Yeah. rehearsal. And that was also during the rehearsals, yeah. And, and then the, and the one
2: where she's
1: playing with You have the... a shot of Yoko and the band in front of Kenny's Castaways. That was a big place, Amazing, Kenny's Castaways. yeah. yeah Kenny's
3: was a great club. They had everybody from the New York Dolls to Willie Dixon to Larry Corio to Yoko Ono. It was a very eclectic, uh, very interesting Irish bar with a nice music room in the back. Uh, and Yoko played there for a week with a wow. band that she uh, recorded down, um, I think it was... Feeling the Space, maybe? It was after mm-hmm. Approximately Infinite Universe. Uh, and that was actually when John was in L.A. And uh, they're, uh, they were having a lot of problems. Uh, John was drinking a lot because he was pretty depressed because the government was trying to throw him out. The Massachusetts Garden had gotten bad reviews because uh, he wasn't playing Beatles songs and they didn't really like Yoko. And... Um, and the biggest problem was that Alan Klein, their manager, they were suing Alan Klein, trying to be free of the management contract, and all their money was tied up in escrow. Wow. And with John out in L.A., uh, they were actually pretty broke. Like John managed to get a, a small advance from the record company, but Yoko went and took a, a gig in the club to pay the rent, <laughs> basically. And it worked <laughs> out so well, she actually went on tour in Japan. Uh, played a ten city tour in Japan uh luckily she took me along with her. Uh, Great. that's the picture on the back cover It's one of my favorites where she's arriving in Japan and
1: yeah, that's one of my favorites too. It's a wonderful there, shot of her about, back uh, yeah, flashing a, she's at her. coming down
3: off the plane and there's about a hundred photographers on the tarmac taking her Jeez. picture and it was when I realized what a big star and how much they appreciated her in, in Japan they didn't think her music was crazy. They thought her music was really interesting and that she was really interesting. They liked her art. They liked her music. Um, you know, because when she met John Lennon, a lot of people heard her music and uh, it's not like the Beatles. And in fact, it's her, her vocal style is not like singing, even though that's what yeah. they compared it to. And they said, oh, it's horrible singing, but it's not singing. It's using her voice like an instrument, the way Ornette Coleman uses his saxophone. And it's using her voice to express emotions. And uh, it doesn't sound anything like singing, of course. Um, although later she got better at it, and like Walking on Thin Ice has a lot of lyrics and words. And um, and nowadays she's really good at it. Uh, she's been releasing songs. I think Walking Out Thin Ice was the first one to top the charts. But uh, the last ten songs that she's released have gone to number one on the English dance charts.
0: Wow! Oh, wow! So there's a
3: whole younger generation, that was in England, you know, where originally they really hated her, and now there's a younger generation that doesn't really know her connection to the Beatles, and uh, and they just like her for her music, for her art, for her inspiration.
1: Well, you know something, mm-hmm. Bob. I always thought uh, Japan and my music background is that they're very ex- into experimental and new new things. So I always see that they
3: could well. They, to they respect artists in Japan. That's one reason yeah. I like
1: to go over there
3: because uh, they really have a great respect for art and for artists and and a real open mind to new ideas. You know, to, that's right. Uh, I
1: totally agree with
3: you. You know, and and the whole idea of haiku, their poetry. Where the better, you know, the the more meanings something can have, the better it is. That uh, if things can be taken four or five different ways, uh, they appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, the subtlety of, of, you know, things like that. And a lot of Yoko's artwork is cerebral, you know, it's conceptual. Mm-hmm.
0: And they really mm-hmm. appreciate
3: that uh, in Japan and now around the world. You uh, have but a at great time shot. in England where yeah. the Beatles fans didn't really understand it
1: you know at the mm-hmm. well they yeah, love you American
2: have a great culture. shot you have a
1: great shot of Yoko with a cigarette in mm-hmm. a train it looks like with a oh, camera yeah. that is an amazing- and all the press people here, outside the window yeah,
3: yeah, and all the press outside the window photographing. which shows what a big star she was and how much you know how how interested in her people were over there uh, and now it's that way everywhere around the world um. And there's so many things she do does that even though it's major in some ways it's off the radar. You know, uh, when they had the Olympic Games in in Italy, uh, you can see this on YouTube. Yoko actually opened the games uh, by giving a short talk and then they played the song Imagine. Um, wow. I saw
2: that. Yeah. I saw that.
3: See, that's amazing. That's
2: amazing.
3: Yeah. Well, there's that's all amazing, kinds of yeah. events that that Yoko does, like major events like that, that mm-hmm. just seem to you know be under the radar somehow. Uh, but I, she's I more and
1: more
3: Luckily, really, she's no. luckily she's living long enough to appreciate that people are finally catching up to you know what she's about. Yeah. You because know, for years John Lennon said that Yoko Ono the most famous unknown artist. That everybody knew who she was and nobody knew what she did. It's so right. finally, they're finding out what she does. You know. It, it,
2: that's well, good, you know that's her. Good com imaginepeace.com um, mm-hmm. website is really important mm-hmm. for people to know about what Yoko's doing because what's really cool is she has on the very top of her page, um, well, actually it's um, from Saturday, the, um, December 27th, but she talks about the book and then there's some really cool pictures for people that don't have the book yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some really cool pictures there that she's put up, along with the handwritten note that she mm-hmm. wrote to you.
3: Yes, we have that as a forward, the thank you note that she wrote for me and Jody. That's great.
2: Oh. So and I'm glad I mean, you mentioned
3: that, because it's very, it is important that people know about the website. There's imaginepeace.com. Uh-huh. uh There's another one called IAm.com. Yeah. Um. And uh, she's got a a feed that goes up, uh, constantly replenishing it every day. She does a Twitter feed every day. She does an Instagram feed. She's on Tumblr. Uh, She's on all kinds of modern, you know, social media, just getting the word out, getting, you know. And it's always about love and peace and communication Mm -hmm. and trust and just trying Mm -hmm. to get people to stop fighting and start loving. Uh, and one of the things, one of the projects she's done recently is a peace tower in Iceland, which is a giant yeah. uh, spotlight. It's just yeah. this amazingly huge beam of light that is, you can actually see it in outer space. It's, and she set it up in Iceland because it takes a tremendous amount of energy. But in Iceland, they get their energy from thermo, uh what is it called? Thermodynamic or something? Uh huh. You know, from the from the f- from the the, the, um, the hot water. You know, they have a lot of volcanoes there. and and
2: hot
3: yeah. water mm-hmm. in the ground, and so it's replenishable and it's natural sources and it's you know they're not burning anything, and so they get a lot of natural energy. And so she set up this peace tower, uh, which this giant beam of light, uh, which attracts people from around the world. But Yoko's hip enough that there's this there's this place. It's an alternate reality called Second Life. Which is a place on the internet where people go and they become an avatar. We and did and, this. Holly. I did. Holly, I, did I did
2: Spencer's art. I did Spencer's uh, 45 <laughs> album. Business. I did a whole thing there. Oh yeah, that was real Second Life.
3: Second Life yeah, is huge. the millions. Um, well, millions,
2: millions.
3: We built millions and millions of that. people around the world. I wanted to open for that. Yes, well, there's millions of people around the world who who live or you know spend time in mm-hmm. Second Life, and they can meet each other, and they can, right, right. you know, have houses and the real estate, and so Yoko down, got though. a space. Uh, they, they closed what? it
2: down, though.
3: Oh, they did. Oh, yeah, they did. That.
2: They they took it down. it
3: terrible. It, was, it was
2: up for the longest time, and she oh, had her own little island.
3: Yeah. They took it down, he, Bob. Yeah. No, that's and terrible, because really I thought it was a great cool. place that people in Second Life could go. I know. It
2: was incredible. Unbelievable. Let me mm. tell you really quick. I was in yeah. I went to opening day of that and uh-huh. what they had, she had an onocord, which was the little flashlight that you right. flashed the I love you and right. um she had an avatar that that um she actually was behind and mm-hmm. people um had designed it for her obviously and she came in mm. world and um if you go onto to the internet and you type in um the global peace Um, You you type in the Peace Tower Mm -hmm. And Second Life um, I have a whole stream of pictures up Of that day Mm -hmm. Of her dancing around it And um, that was really cool She had a whole little place there Where she had buttons And links to her um, Like links to all these different videos And Mm -hmm. um, you know Like a lot of media would play but let's talk about the I am page. I'm on the Ooh. I am page. Um, what's that one about? I'm looking at it now. Well, every
3: day she puts up an, uh, another picture uh, from all different parts of her life, all different times of her life, with a little quote mm-hmm. about it. Uh, very much like a personal scrapbook, uh, but just uh-huh. to, you know, let people see all these many of the different things she does. Uh, and so that one's really interesting because it covers all different years. Uh, her Instagram feed, I think, is one of my favorites because. She keeps showing pictures of herself from the back. So it's her silhouette, and you see what she's looking at.
1: Oh, wow. Rather than uh-huh. a picture of
3: her smiling or whatever, you, yeah. know, you see what she sees. Oh, that's and nice. And so uh, it's a way to keep track of her because one day it's in Vienna, the next day so she's in you know, ro- Rome. So you're seeing it from her and,
2: perspective. Then.
3: But you see it from you're her perspective, it, yeah. yes. She always has somebody behind her take a picture, and they post that on the Instagram feed.
2: What about
1: her? I wanted Look to ask you about her poetry. I wanted what? to get oh, uh, I wanted to get back into the book a little bit. Uh, um, okay. The Yoko, you took the last shots of John and Yoko before John, you know, was shot.
3: Hmm. Is that
1: right, John, uh, Bob?
3: Uh, well, I didn't do the very last photos. No, but those were done two days before he died. He did another I have a day. book,
1: five hundred forty-five, which you're, a lot of your works in. But hmm. d- is there a, is there a sleeve with the last shoot that you took in that book? Or uh, I think you did. That's part of that series. Is that is or am I wrong about that? Is there a what? Forty-five uh, sleeve with one of those shots that you did. Oh,
3: I think they maybe had used one, yeah, in, yeah. in one of the reissue
1: packages. Th- uh, this is, um, yeah, and and this is uh, part. These shots are really uh, amazing. Um, and then you go into then you go into Yoko and Sh- you have a beautiful shot of Sean being born with John holding Sean and Yoko. I'm not is being it, born,
3: as he was a month old. Uh, but old, yeah, right? John is giving him a bottle and changing his diaper, and uh, you know it—it it, it was really sweet. I mean, you can see John holding Sean, and he's got the biggest smile ever. Uh, and uh, you know, they had a really good time with that. Uh, what's interesting in the book is that there's 30 more years after John passed away mm. uh, that Yoko continued to go on, continued working. There was a period—a very dark period of mourning. Uh, after he passed, it was a very difficult time, uh, but Yoko came out of it. You kind of see her getting closer to Sean and starting to spend time with him, and then she, he grows up into becoming a fantastic musician who becomes the leader of her band. And yeah, they I mean, shows I, saw around him the play, world.
1: I saw him play in Brooklyn, Bob, to, uh, in um, yeah, two a club, years ago and they I met him after. The, he's
3: yeah. great. Oh, who's Sean, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got his own band called Ghost. He plays uh, mm-hmm. around the world now. That's why he's not doing so much with Yoko anymore, he's promoting his own band, but yeah. two years ago they played at the Brooklyn Academy uh, with a uh, reunion of the original Yoko, uh, Plastic Ono band with Eric Clapton wow. and Klaus Foreman and oh, wow. uh, uh, Jim Keltner and yeah. Sean kind of led that band as well and uh, and that was really cool
1: that, that's what's nice about this. You go through this whole thing where you see Sean growing up, literally. You know, oh, very but,
3: much so. Uh, Sean, at the end of the book, Sean is older than John is at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it spans more than really? four years. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, well,
2: that's true,
3: <laughs> you know. that's
2: true. One of my favorite mm. shots Yeah, of, one of my other favorite shots is the one where Yoko's sitting at the piano playing
3: mm. um,
2: piano with him. Yes. That's a pretty cool.
3: Photo. Sean learned a lot a of music. Um, of he's one she of those. looks so kids proud. Who, well, she's very proud of him. He's a wonderful yeah. kid. She's done a great job raising him. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's quite, you know, uh, intelligent and he, you know, but he ha- and polite and he handles himself well. He's very, you know, open with people, but you know he he knows how to deal with the public. Uh, but he's one of those kind of people who can just pick up almost any instrument. And, you know, somebody just shows him one or two things he can play proficiently. He could play the mm-hmm. saxophone, the piano, the bass, guitars, all kinds of different instruments. He would just pick it up, figure it out, and start playing.
1: Yeah, he's really good. I saw him out yeah, in Brooklyn. He's a real natural. Uh, Bob, He's a great guitarist. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Fantastic guitarist that people don't know. They've got to see the group. But, the, you know, and the last shot in the book of... Yoko and Sean is unreal. That shot is another beautiful mm-hmm. shot. The last shot in the book—it's a perfect shot to end the book. It's a gorgeous book, and I suggest anybody who's out there should get this book on history alone, and the beautiful mm-hmm. work of Bob and uh, the writing of Denberg. You know, um, and also the the writing of the book is very cool too, Bob. Uh-huh. You know, the writing.
3: Well, it's, not, a, it's not the writing. I mean, Jody interviewed Yoko. All the uh, all of the yeah. words are Yoko's yeah. own words uh, referring. Uh, it wasn't done, you know, specifically for the pictures. We went through the interviews and found quotes that would relate to the time. Oh, that's so or, good! Uh, relate to the pictures. It's an interesting project for me because, in you know, for forty years working with Yoko, I always worked with her, and mm. any project I did that you know concerned her, we went over, you know, very carefully went over all the pictures together. Uh, yeah. And in this case she wasn't involved in making the book. It was something that I did with Jody and uh, my assistants here helped me pick out all the pictures and put it together. My assistant Hannah Torsen, uh did the layout. Uh and mm-hmm. we didn't it's it's something we didn't show to Yoko first for approval, yeah. which is something I always do. But since this was a kind of a surprise gift for her, uh we made it ourselves and that's why I was really pleased that uh, there was nothing she wanted to change when she asked me to publish it. I asked her if she was sure she wanted it to go out in the form it was. If there was any, you know, anything she wanted to hold back or change. And at first mm-hmm. she, at first she, she just says, Oh no, it's beautiful. Then she says, Oh well, maybe I should look at it again. Uh, uh. But then she came back and said, No, no, it's perfect. You can do it just the way it is. And she didn't oh, change great. it at all.
1: That's a crowning uh, achievement.
3: We went and changed a little bit. The only changes we made was that we added more information to the captions.
1: Because oh, yeah, when we made it for Yoko, really cool. uh,
3: there was nothing in there she hadn't seen before. There were no surprises. Uh, Yoko sees everything I do with her. And um, so there's nothing she hadn't seen. Uh, but for the public, we had to identify more of the people and the places and, and, you know, make it very clear who was who and what they were doing.
2: Oh, awesome. Did you know,
1: uh, well, I did, get feedback from Julian Lennon on, this, on the book?
3: Not on this. I haven't seen him in the last month or so. It's only been out about a month or so. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I generally run into Julian, you know, from time to time, and I haven't seen him since this came out. I, I Right. You know, certainly as soon as I find out where he is, we will send him a copy. Yeah. Well, you
2: know, Bob, I want to ask you, while you were making this book and creating, well, while you were creating this gift for her, let's say, um... And I know your heart went into it because you had to pick the pictures that you wanted and, and the ones that you thought reflected certain moments and things that you thought she would find. Like, you know, when you buy a birthday present for someone, it's really something very personal. Mm. So a lot of personal love and thought. And
3: yoga's somebody who has it. a lot of things. It's hard to find a present for her, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. That's why you kind I of got. have to
2: make it yourself. You yeah, know? I know. So... I want to ask you: When you were putting these together, were there any, were there any times um, putting this together, any experiences or emotions that you felt while you were putting it together that you want to share with our listeners?
3: Uh, well, just that it was really fun to go back over all the times and remember some of the our mm-hmm. trip to Hungary, where she, I mean she played in Budapest and uh, Ljubljana and uh, Yugoslavia and London. And it was just, you know, fond memories for me as well as Yoko. Um, so, I, I mean, bet. like I said, there were no surprises, but it was, you know, a really nice diary to put together to remember all the good times.
0: Did
1: uh,
3: Bob, um, I you, it's, and, you... And, you know, the thing that's interesting of... is throughout the book there's a lot of pictures of Yoko smiling, which very often uh-huh. in public when she's making an appearance is usually very serious uh, because she's, uh, you know, often supporting, uh, you know, serious causes, and people don't realize what a sense of humor that Yoko has, and right. that being with her, it can be a lot of fun. And, wow. you know, I always tell people, you couldn't live with John Lennon if you didn't have a sense of humor, you know. Oh, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, that's what uh, I, heard. That's I heard. And she certainly does, and she she can be yeah. as funny and as, you know, cynical and funny as, as John was. And um, and I think that shows in the book.
2: Absolutely. a you know, on I Hey Bob,
3: I don't know
1: if you know it, I worked places. on the... I. Bob, I worked on the Imagine Trade Is, you know, with Yoko. Oh. Uh-huh. That's how I started, oh, really? and I, I worked with my friend. And, with um, Al Steckler. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so and so that's how I started. I met John and Yoko twice, and uh, it was a wonderful experience in my life. But just, uh, but you've been with them 40 years, right? Forty. Uh, 40. Yeah. Since, that's a long uh, well, time. Well, more
3: than that, since 71, actually. When 72, when we really started working together, so that's 43 years. Amazing.
1: It's, uh, so, it's, part of, it's part of your life. Part of
3: your heart. A big part.
2: Yeah, big no. Part. so now, you know, Bob, when you have been working on, uh, I know that we want to talk about your current projects, too, because I was looking on your website that you have um, some things coming up. Um, May 29th through June 18th, you're having a Rocker's Photos exhibit in Helsinki. Yeah. Um, uh, Rocker's Photo and also... You did to see here Yoko book signing. Where was that done? That was at Bleecker Street. Uh, we didn't Street? do the book
3: signing yet. Actually, it's coming up April twenty eighth.
2: Oh, cool. I'm going to do okay. a book
3: signing uh, with Yoko at the okay. Bookmark store, the Mark Jacobs store here on, in New York on Bleecker Street at Eleventh Street. And that'll be uh, April twenty eighth uh, from 8, six to eight p.m. Next, about a week and a half from now.
2: And now will books be available in, there for them to buy, or um, and yeah, oh yeah, could, yeah,
3: that's the okay. People come and buy a book there and have Yoko and myself and Jody will be there as well to sign the books. Uh, I think Great. that might be awesome. the only time that all three of us will be together doing a book signing. Uh, and then I have the exhibit coming up in Helsinki that opens at the end of May. I'm going to have mm-hmm. another exhibit that's coming up, I think June 20th, that opens in Toronto at the List Gallery. And okay. uh, we've just made a commitment to be at a Beatle Fest in Liverpool at the end of August. Oh, wow. The an exhibit wow. there You're a
2: man. A museum <laughs>
3: called The Beatles Story.
2: Um, you mentioned Yeah, the there's moment a bunch exhibit. of things going
3: on right now. Uh, but at the moment exhibit is going to be amazing because, uh, you know, like I say, so many people know who Yoko is and they don't know what she does. Right. And if they go to the exhibit, they'll get a good idea of – uh, you know the kind of ideas she comes up with, and and what her sense of humor is like. There's a, la- a lot of humor in her artwork.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna see. I'm looking forward to that, Bob. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, I'm going. I'm going there. I'm looking forward to that. I'm doing a media coverage on it. You
3: know. Oh, very cool.
1: So i will be very, very quiet. Cool. You'll be there. You'll be mm-hmm. there opening night. I know. Well, <laughs> <I hope laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll be there, man. You'll be there. I'm just so glad.
2: That'll be great. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Is she going to, now, during this uh, book signing that you guys are going to be doing, um, what are the hours again so we can let our listeners know again?
3: Uh, it's at the Mark Jacobs store called Bookmark. It's uh-huh. on uh, Bleecker Street at the corner of 11th Street. And okay. it'll be on May um, yeah April 28th uh, from okay. 6 to 8 p.m. 6 to 8 p.m., okay. And
2: if people do already have the book, they can bring it, and you will and uh, Yoko?
3: They're not supposed to bring it. They're actually uh, they're limiting it to books, uh, to having Yoko sign books that they are bought there at the store that night. Um, some A lot of times when Yoko has an event, people sometimes show up with a shopping bag full of things for her to sign.
2: Oh, my god. And
3: so it, it's a little awkward for somebody who just has one book that they have bought that they'd like her to sign, but they do limit it to books that are bought there that night. Uh, okay. So that That's good. she doesn't get overwhelmed with uh, requests.
2: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I want to ask you, while you were um, photographing when John was in this world
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: and you guys were doing things besides the story you talked about a few times about how you started doing more work with them, do you have any moments that you want to share with our listeners that kind of Stand out in your mind about moments that you worked with him.
3: Uh, they all stand out.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, about. Uh, he
3: was a lot of fun to be with. It was always incredible. It was very exciting every time I got a phone call, you know, to go and meet him somewhere and uh, or some event that we, you know, were at together. Um, going to the Statue of Liberty certainly was a fantastic day. It was an oh, idea yeah. I had to dramatize the case when the government was trying to throw him out of the country, and I thought that we should be welcoming artists like John Lennon, not trying to throw him out. And I mentioned it to him, and he thought it was a good idea. So uh, we went down there. It's not something I set up in advance with passes. I, I didn't even go out and do a test shoot or anything. I just mentioned it to him. And the next day we took the ferry like regular tourists and went out there. and uh, It was actually... Uh, the the problem when I got there is that the, the uh-huh. statue is about 600 feet high or anyway it's like super high and you know John was like a normal person about 6 feet and to try to line them up mm-hmm. so he didn't look tiny in front of this massive statue right. um, and you can only get so far back because it's an island <laughs> and even right. at the very edge the statue wow. looks gigantic uh-huh. so every time I see that picture I thought man how did I pull that off and get them to look in, in the right perspective like that Um but that was a great time uh, when he played at Madison Square Garden, and uh, I was about 10 feet away while he and Yoko were playing the piano, and he was singing Imagine. Uh, that stands out in my mind. Um, there was a nice spring day. I took him to the Antemeyer Park up in Yonkers nearby here, you know, just outside New York City. Uh, we took a walk in the, this beautiful park. That was another great day. But they were all great days. Seeing him so happy holding his new baby, Was probably the the best, uh, though, because he was just so happy that day.
1: Well, your picture, the
2: picture
1: picture you took of them shows that, Bob. I'm telling mm -hmm. you, expresses that. You know. Go ahead. Well, I want
2: to. No, no, no. It's okay. I just wanted to say to Bob that um, we're really happy that you were able to be here again today, because I know that your schedule is always busy. Um, It's better better to be busy than
3: be bored. You know. Uh, It's better (laughs) to be busy. I
2: know. Are you working on any new books that we might be seeing soon? Uh,
3: there's actually several other projects. I'm glad you asked. Uh, the Oka book is the one that's out now, but in about uh-huh. another month, I think at the end of April, uh, the Clash book that I made fifteen, I no, ten years ago. Wow. uh I made a book of the all oh, my pictures of the class. That's being reissued uh, in a new deluxe version with a box cover, and every book will have a signed print in it. Uh, I'm still frantically trying to sign all the prints.
1: But, uh, it? Bob, Bob, it's being
3: published publish it? by Music Sales Omnibus uh, okay. in in London, and yep. uh, but it should be available nas- internationally, uh, and that's supposed to come out, like I say, in a few weeks. Uh, it's just titled The Clash: oh. Photographs of Bob Gruen. Uh, there is a reissue of my John Lennon book that's also being put uh, done again. Um, that was published uh, about ten years ago as well. I think two thousand five. Uh, I forget, the Clash book was in 2001, so almost 15 years ago. Uh, But the John Lennon book, it's called John Lennon, The New York Years. Uh, And that book, I have a lot of pictures, but also a text that I wrote of what it was like to know John and the time that we knew each other when he was living here in New York for nine years. And Mm -hmm. uh, that'll be reissued in the fall. It's the same title, John Lennon, The New York Years, but it has a new cover. And we've added about 24 new pictures and 16 pages uh, so it's a revised edition, and, and uh, that'll be out in the fall.
1: You know what I have? I have two copies that you gave me a long time ago, signed paperbacks mm-hmm. from Japan on Led Zeppelin, and what was the other one? There was
3: one? a series of four books that I did with a company called Jam in the late 80s. Right,
1: they were great. Uh, and
3: I did a John Lennon book, and there was John Lennon, the Led Zeppelin, the Sex Pistols, and the Clash.
1: And, Would
3: that uh, be what you No, I don't, I don't know if that company's even still... Around. They come up, of, occasionally they show up on eBay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those I don't are, think I'll are tell you something, if people in listening business, in,
1: get those books. They're amazing books. I have two copies here. I mean, mm-hmm. I have two of the books. They're wonderful.
3: They were really nicely made, and it's actually the only Led Zeppelin or Clash, or Sex Pistols books that I have out. Uh, no, wow. it wasn't Clash. It was Led Zeppelin, Sex Pistols, John Lennon, and Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. And it was the only public Rolling Stone book that I did. Um wow. I wish somebody would reprint that. I, I did a book that was um a limited edition book for Genesis of my Rolling Stones pictures, but there's never uh-huh. been like a publicly available, you know, normal yeah. copy mm-hmm. of, of all my Rolling Stones pictures. Books. So
2: That's awesome. So you worked on the Genesis book? Did you uh-huh. um I Genesis haven't seen the Genesis book yet? Uh,
3: well, no, that was years ago. Um, I did a John Lennon one that came out in two thousand. I know in nineteen ninety Um mm-hmm. And I, am th- not sure if that's still in print. If they have a few of them left or not. Uh, but the Rolling Stones book came out in nineteen ninety seven, and it was one of their fastest sellers. It sold out in just a couple of weeks. Um And so that one occasionally also comes up on eBay, uh, but it was pretty expensive. It started out. It was about. I think that one was 200 pounds and I think the John Lennon one was 350 pounds um, but nowadays you see the Rolling Stone one uh, a bit more like six, 700 dollars when they do show up. So I'd yeah, like to no, do a I more public version. Uh, there was a, a, another book that's kind of a limited edition uh, that I did with uh, the merchandise company uh, Bravado uh, a couple of years ago did some box sets for the es- um, Exile on Main Street uh, reissue and they did a a special box with the uh C D in it and the D V D and depending upon what level of price level you, you get a hotel room key or an itinerary or a backstage <laughs> oh, wow. pass. Great. And each That's incredible. each package came with different uh you know, bonuses and I think That's the cool. expensive ones there was a fifteen hundred dollar one and a twenty five hundred dollar one and they came with um limited edition lithographs of the tour posters that were signed by Mick and Keith. Oh wow. And, uh, oh wow. And what they did in each in each case <laughs> in each box had a booklet that they put together of my pictures where they tried to make it look like a tour book. And it's uh it's all Rolling Stones pictures, it's about twenty five pages. It's all from one night at Massa Square Garden in nineteen seventy two, uh, when right. they ended the Exile on Main Street tour. And uh, and it looks like a tour book, and it's a great book of my pictures of the Rolling Stones. And the company actually, after selling them for a few months, they said that the boxes weren't doing so well, but everybody wanted a copy of the book. And he, <laughs> he actually told me, I wish we had done your book separately. And it wasn't, you can only get it as part of one of these box sets. That's
1: but great. Said, I wish
3: we had done it separately as a book. And so I'm hoping one of these days a publisher will. Show up that wants to do it It's it's actually pretty difficult to find a publisher That's why we were lucky with this Yoko book That Johnny Depp liked it and brought us to Harper Collins Because photo books are expensive uh, When you make a book of words You're printing only with black and white You need just black ink on a Not very expensive white paper Uh, But when you're printing a photo book You need expensive paper You need a five color press So they're printing five different kinds of inks, And uh, And they're usually a bit larger, and because of the special paper, they're heavier. And um, it just makes it a much more expensive project. And so it's, it's often hard to find a publisher. I mean, I, I people tell are always that, telling me, like, why don't you do a book of your kiss pictures or your blondie pictures?
1: Yeah, it's, And I well, always say,
3: uh, find me a publisher. I'm ready. I got drawers hey, full of pictures here. <laughs> hey
1: Bob, because of the economy now, because I know about yeah. books, we've done 21 yeah. books. Also, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know this? It's they've cut the lists and photo books are very difficult. Yeah, uh, just like you're saying, just like. But I, wanted, I mean, I you want go in the store and they... you
3: see books of you know pictures of doorknobs or something, and I was going, how can <laughs> right, I get a book? Stuff. Like, how did that guy get a deal? You know? <laughs>
1: right. I saw a book on swimming pools. Forget yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, but, one of but the best Listen, I want to bring books. up something for you. Uh, we got to promote your Roxine book, gang. Oh, yes. Roxane. Oh, forgot
3: to mention that, my big book.
1: Big
3: um, book. Yes, Roxine is uh, my monograph. It's got over 500 of my favorite pictures. Uh, That's right. It's one of the best books out there. It's actually in third printing now, which is very great. rare for graduation. a photo book. Great, great. Uh, people seem to like it a lot. And uh, and, and it's still Roxene, S-E-E-N, like things that I've seen. Um, and kind of a play on words because I worked with uh, the Rock Scene magazine in seventies quite a bit. Uh, that one's published by Abrams, uh, Abrams Image Company.
1: Yeah, and it's a beautiful book. Everybody should get that book because that's like the total—I'd uh, say the total uh, Bob Gruen life thing, right in one book. It's gorgeous.
3: It's well, and it's the history of, it. of our culture. You know, it's, it's yeah, it uh, is,
1: and it's one
3: seventies until crazy. you know two thousands, and it just covers the whole rock and roll and music scene. Uh, in a very exciting way. People seem to really like the the Roxine book.
1: Oh yeah. It's hot.
2: That's it's awesome. Hot I, I love the book and again we wanna make sure everybody knows about the ImaginePeace dot com and also Bob right. Bruins website. Right. And right. um you know, Yoko's really into her poetry a lot and I know that mm. from just the past from getting some of the different things from working on projects in Second Life and also mm-hmm. um, on the peace trees, and I know she's mm-hmm. really into the peace tree every year and sending messages, and I know the really cool thing about, you were talking about the tower. Um, there was at one point, um, I had it on my website, um, the tower, they had a virtual, they had a webcam. At the mm-hmm. tower And um, it was kind of cool Because you could go And you could see The you know the tower being lit On certain days I know mm-hmm. she would light it During certain moments And times mm-hmm. of the year But mm-hmm. I think now It's pretty much lit Around the around All around the year Correct? Uh,
3: I don't know I, I know it, it was Lit for their anniversary And for John's birthday uh, uh-huh. For a couple of months Each time But it would make more sense To have it on all the time
2: Yeah I think they do which is and and cool. the important
3: th- thing about the website, people couldn't go there to check on what Yoko's doing because she does so many different things. There's so many uh-huh. new projects, so many retrospective projects, so many uh, John and Yoko exhibits that are absolutely beautiful. I've seen several around the world. Uh, and one thing that's really fun is that every Friday, uh, Yoko takes 10 questions and does a, a question and answer. And people send uh, people send her questions all week, and every Friday she answers ten of them. And some of them are just total common sense, and some of them are kind of Zen thoughts. You know, uh, just putting people in the right direction, uh, keeping things positive, keeping things, you know, uh, in in a good uh, a good direction. all, All about communication and love and peace.
2: Yes, I'm looking here at the site. And, she and talks about I mean, her,
3: a, lot, a lot of her answers are very funny. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> they are.
3: So, so you, can, looking, you can find all of that the on web, her website.
2: Uh-huh. I'm looking at the website now, and she talks about her MoMA show. That's mm-hmm. going to be the one-woman show, mm-hmm. um, 1960 to 1971, May 17th to September 7th, 2015, mm-hmm. at MoMA, which um, Spencer said you're going to be going to that. And then... Um, she has um a book out called Infinite Universe at Dawn mm-hmm. which is a um is signing every book in her limited edition for 1500 copies worldwide there's only 1500 that are going out on this and then wow. obviously her C is
3: yes, that, that's the one from uh, Genesis Publications
2: Yeah they see do that amazing
3: way? limited edition books like super high quality which is why they're kind of Yeah they right uh, but they're worth it because uh, they really do a beautiful job making an exquisite, you know, archival
2: and there and uh, then book. there's your book right underneath mm. it with purchase okay. at Amazon and purchase at Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I mean this is really cool. She definitely obviously really, really loved it. And I think that's so that's so cool of her to actually um want to share that with the world, which I think is important you know she's no, it I with sure the
3: world I... and and with her friends uh it's i mean I, she really did like it it's very impressive to me that you know we just thought this up as a gift and then she really you know it turned it into something much bigger than that uh mm-hmm. there was recently a beetle fest and they were raising some funds and she donated six of the books signed uh wow. for their auction oh, uh,
0: that's great. uh when she really? had a
3: birthday party in february uh which was a very small affair just uh, actually about 20 or 30 friends uh, in, in a studio where she did a small performance And the take home gift for everybody was a book You know, one of my books wow. So uh, she's really been very supportive
1: Do you know what I saw in the MoMA bookstore? I saw Grapefruit, her book Grapefruit mm-hmm. re- Republished, re- reissued
3: Yeah, yeah she's done a, re- a new issue of Grapefruit And she's updated it with a new book called Acorn Oh, great
1: Yeah, yes, wow, Acorn hard to keep is up amazing the Acorn. You I have the Acorn. website
3: you got to look at the website because there are so many different things. It's like every week she's coming out with something new or even several times a week. Um, but, yeah, Acorn and Grateful are really fun books of uh, conceptual art where they are just two or three sentences of things to think about. And it's a whole, mm-hmm. page after page of great things to, you know, inspire people.
2: They invoke They invoke thoughts and they invoke mm-hmm. memories in a lot of people. And so what I want to say about your book is um when I first got the book and I looked at it and I was looking at it I just think that you just have such a great artistic eye and it's not just it's not just shooting a picture of someone it's knowing the right moment to take a picture too I think um when did you start I, let's talk about you for a real quick second, because I want to I, – you know, we talked about the book. We talked about the photos and this and that. When did you start doing photography? How did you get into photography, Bob, for people that well, I don't know?
3: Photography, I learned photography from, from my mother. It was her uh-huh. hobby. Uh, before I was born, she was taking pictures and developing and printing them herself. And uh, when I was very wow. little, four or five years old, and I was too. Too big to go to sleep early, but too little to leave running around the house. She took me into the darkroom with her and taught me how to develop and print pictures. And I really took to it. I love the magic of photography. And uh, when I was eight years old, my mom gave me my first camera. I think when I was 11, I started selling pictures. Uh, I took pictures of, actually of the plays at summer camp. And then I sent the pictures to my mom and she developed them and sent them back. And I sold them to the campers who were in the play, uh, which is basically what I still do today, except my mom doesn't develop them anymore. <laughs> um, but, it, yeah, it just it was a hobby in high school. Uh, I took pictures of the football games, and uh, I used to go to, when there was a, lo- a fire or something in town, I would go and take pictures. Because I always like to see exciting things and tell people about them.
2: Mm-hmm. And show
3: and tell just became my favorite subject, taking pictures and telling people about exciting things. And, uh, you know, after high school, I didn't really have a career goal. Uh, I was more into the idea of turn on, tune in, and drop out and live with a rock and roll band. And that's what I did. And uh, when they got a record deal after a few years, the company used my pictures, and uh, they liked my pictures, and they hired me to do more pictures. And pretty soon, that became my job. Uh, I didn't know I was. Instead of dropping out, I was actually falling in, (laughs) and I've been doing it ever since. Wow!
1: So, what what were some of the first things you did? um, yeah, I don't know. What, well, the first thing they did,
3: uh, like I say, taking pictures of my friend's band. Uh, they were, they had different names. Every time they changed drummers, they changed names. But they were eventually called the Glitter House. And Bob Crew uh, yeah. was a renowned uh, legendary producer. He saw them and yeah. he made a record with them. And, uh, and they actually sang the vocals for the movie Barbarella that Bob Crew made the soundtrack for. Uh, so that was the earliest stuff. And then... Although, actually, my very first photo pass, I went to the Newport Folk Festival, and I wasn't really working for anybody yet, but a friend of my mom's had written a letter, and I managed to bluff my way in and and get a photo pass for the Newport Folk Festival, and that was the year that Bob Dylan uh, played with an electric rock band. That was a very controversial moment, so I have some some pretty good pictures from that night, Um, but I didn't really sell any pictures until around 1970. Uh, A friend of ours... I uh, said that we had to go see Ike and Tina Turner because they were just an amazing, amazing show. And we went, and I totally agreed. I mean, Tina Turner was phenomenal. Ike is an amazing musician. Uh, we went back a few days later because they, they were playing several shows around the New York area. And we went back a couple of days later. I brought my camera and I took some pictures. And, and uh, at the end of the night, uh, I mean, at the end of the show, Tina danced off stage with a strobe light flashing. And. I wasn't sure how to take a picture of it. I didn't actually know where to focus or what the exposure would be or what the timing. And I just took a chance because I had three or four frames left in the camera. And I took a chance and took a, a one-second exposure to see if I could get a couple of images of you know with the strobe flashing. And right. one of the pictures just really captures uh, – it's kind of like the nude descending the staircase, the Duchamp painting. Uh, because it really just captures several different – like five different images of Tina – in the one picture, but it really captures the excitement and the energy right. that's yeah. Tina Turner. And um, and we went to see them again at another show a few days later, and I brought the pictures with me, uh, basically just to show my friends. And as we were walking out of the concert, and I had the pictures in my hand, uh, my friend uh, saw Ike Turner walking from one dressing room to the other, and literally pushed me in front of Ike and said, show Ike the pictures. and that moment my life changed because he stopped and he looked at the pictures and he liked them and he immediately took me in the dressing room to show them to tina and tina liked them and i couldn't believe i was standing there actually talking to (laughs) tina turner um but they liked my pictures and uh, pretty soon we started working together Uh, my very first album cover was a picture of tina turner that i did uh, when they took me to la about eight months later and um and that that just opened up all kinds of doors, and I started meeting more and more people. And it was because of that that in by, only two years later, and, uh, the end of uh, I mean actually a year and a half later, by the end of '71, I was included in the book uh, Rock, you know, the Photography of Rock.
0: Mm. Uh,
3: and through that, I met John Lennon, and that certainly opened up all kinds of other doors for me. Right. Uh, and one so thing just led whole? to the other.
0: Whole beginning. Uh, I actually met whole the, beginning. the the
3: New York wow. uh, I met the New York Dolls because they had the same manager as the Elephants Memory. I met mm. the Elephants because of uh-huh. John Lennon. Then I met oh. the Elephants. They had the same manager, and uh, I remember somebody in the office said like, "Oh, you got to come and see this other band we manage. They're called the New York Dolls." <laughs> well, New York Dolls became like part of my family, right. and we spent a lot of time together. I did several album covers for them. Uh, there's a DVD I did two of them out now. Actually, we we. Edited, I did a lot of footage with a, what do you call it, a quarterback, uh, a very simple black and white video camera that was a modern science. I mean, it's a modern wonder back then. Uh, now it's really kind of primitive. But we made a lot of videos of the New York Dolls, and that's out as a DVD called New York Dolls uh, All Dolled Up is one of them, and Looking Fine on Television is the other one. And uh, and there's also a DVD of all my work with uh, I Can Tina Turner.
0: Really, that's
3: called I Can Tina on the Road, 1971-72. And uh, you know, there's a film, What's Love Got to Do with It, that showed why I Can Tina broke up. Uh, which was very good reasons that they broke up. It was a very well. important film. But if that film shows why they broke up, I think my film shows why they were together in the first place.
0: <laughs> right. uh, because they were an
3: absolutely amazing act on stage they are, and I don't are. think there's any other footage publicly available uh, that shows what they were like and so any fans of I Can'tina should certainly see that video.
1: You know what? I remember Bob, the CBGB Fest where I was speaking with Danny Fields and remember mm-hmm. that night and you brought your photographs in
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I said, so well I remember I was seeing all these Bob Gruen photographs on the wall that are absolutely amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> The Ramones stuff, that that is, if people want to get into seeing, uh, they're part a very big part of my life, the Ramones, you've you got to see, and Bob's too, you got to see Bob's photographs of the Ramones, they're amazing. Every well, they were a great band, sucked.
3: you know, full of energy, yeah. and uh, I, I always had a great time, there was, there was no Ramones moment that I didn't enjoy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, they were fantastic. Great shots.
2: Well, you know what I wanted to ask you, Bob, um, with all the different projects that you've worked on, all the different people that you've been able to work with and stuff like that. Um, What have been some of your highlights that you, besides with working obviously with John Lennon, like you said, that was just like a dream come true. You came in the room and there you were. It was like almost a surreal thing. Mm, mm. Um, What else uh, really resonates with you? I mean, what other people have you worked with that really... Really made you uh, have that aha moment there?
3: Well, I've had a lot. I'm kind of lucky that way. Uh, I mean, certainly every show of Ike and Tina Turner was fantastic.
0: Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh.
3: And the same thing with the New York Dolls. They were the most exciting and fantastic until I met The Clash, uh, who were also. Uh, Every single show they ever did was sold out, and uh, Clash, every show right. they did was powerful and and inspirational. And I always had a good time. And, and getting to know The Clash, again, kind of like family, I went on two bus tours across America with The Clash. Um, I went on the bus across America with the Sex Pistols. That was kind of fun. Um, wow. And, you know, it, it's just one thing after another. Uh, through the 70s, through the 80s, and 90s, uh, that's when I, at the end of the 90s I met Green Day. Uh, I've been friends with them for close to 20 years now. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing them next week, actually, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're finally being inducted, uh, along with my yeah, friend Joan Jett. Uh So it's kind of a big year to go and see two of my friends get into the Hall of Fame. Um,
0: well, you're going to uh, be a But I, I keep trying to have fun. You know, there's
3: a new band called The Stripes, S-T-R-Y-P-E-S. Mm-hmm. The Stripes from Ireland, who are about 17 years old now.
0: Uh, I've heard about them. Who
3: are fantastic. They really capture the spirit and the energy of early rock and roll. And, uh, you know, they might look a little cocky, but they're not cocky. They're just confident uh, because they're just so talented.
2: The stripes are amazing. So, you know, it keeps on going. Uh, Rock and and roll.
3: Yeah, rock and roll is not going to die. It keeps going, and there's always something new. I meet people all the time say, Oh, I wish I was born in the 70s. I was born too late. And I don't think they're born too late. You know, in the 70s, we had a lot of pop music that we didn't really care for either. Uh, But you had to go and find The Clash or The Sex Pistols or somebody really interesting. And I think that that's true today, too, that there's a lot of, you know, uh, let's say music that I don't really... Follow, you know, kinda that's much more pop music, which is very popular. That's why they call it pop music. Um, but I find, you know, a band like the Stripes or, you know, Green Day is still playing. Uh, Joan Jett still does shows. Iggy Pop is out there. Um, they're still fantastic. But there are new young groups like the Stripes. And uh, there's a band called the Sex Slaves that was a good, great band that I loved for a couple of years. Um, there's a lot of, you know, new things to go out and, and see all, all the time. You just have to look for it. Now it's getting a bit harder because the music uh, instruments and recording ability has become so uh, available to everybody. I mean, the price of instruments and amplifiers has gone down and the ease of recording and making professional quality recording in your bedroom. Uh, So there's so much more out there that it's uh, harder to find something you know that you can relate to that you can like But it's there if you look for it
2: That's awesome Well you know you sounds like you're like super busy And you've got a lot of really good things going on And you know you've been there And you've seen a lot So again today's show This is a special edition of the Indie Cafe On Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio And we've had Bob Gruen on Along with Spencer Drayton and myself And we're going to be Wrapping this show up And um uh, we have another track that we're gonna be playing at the end. And before we end the show, Bob, I wanted to ask mm. you, is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners? Because I know we've kept you on the phone for quite a while. I'm sorry about that. <laughs>
0: That's okay. <But>
2: we <laughs> That's wanted okay. to I... talk to you, we had a lot of questions and this book is amazing. And well, I'm uh, glad your other
1: booksome. We, we love the great book, Bob. Work. Love the book. Well, I have a
3: website, uh, bobgrewen dot com, uh, mm-hmm. and I am about to update the website after f- I've had it up since two thousand. So it's almost fifteen years now. Uh, since two thousand one, people have been telling me I need to revise it and update it, uh, which we've finally at it right done. Now. <laughs> uh, but we've finally done it. We have a whole new. Uh, a whole new version coming out uh, just in a couple of weeks. We we just got a uh-huh. few more tweaks, and then it's going to be a much better website. You'll be able to search through everything, and there's a lot of my history and a lot of the newer pictures. Uh, if people go to my website and they look at the uh, feature called Photo of the Day,
2: they'll mm-hmm. see all the
3: pictures that I've done in the last uh, 15 years. sort of yeah, Bob looking Gruen in, that. In, uh, mm-hmm. and that. And that has all the pictures, you know, Bob in the 21st century. So it's not just all the old pictures that I have. I have a lot of new pictures as well because, uh, you know, life keeps going on, and I keep going on with it, luckily.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm looking here, you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of, I mean, on, on your older, on your website, your current website, that mm. you're just getting ready to mm. revamp,
0: mm. you've got
2: the Joe Strummer photo page um, mm. where you've won awards. I mean, you've won lots of awards. Um, the Green Day, That um, keeps Ross. happening. Ho- Pardon me?
3: Now, that keeps happening. I'm lucky that way. In, in December, uh that
2: keeps I know, we happening. gave a
3: Lennon, uh, you John Real Love no, Award. And then uh, actually on May 6th, there's a uh-huh. really good organization called Her Justice, which is an uh-huh. organization of lawyers that provide their time pro bono for um, legal aid to domestic violence victims who need help getting oh, wow. away protection and oh, separation great. and child custody. And, and they yeah. provide that. And uh, I've been... Donating pictures to them for a number of years, and so really? on May 6th this year, because. they're getting. I'm getting an honor. Uh, I'm one of the honorees for the
2: benefit this year. Great. Uh, How great. did that happen?
3: Uh, How did you get involved it. in that? Uh, Well, I heard about it, and I thought it was a really good organization. And, um, and in fact, uh, one of the founders of the organization is also a founder of the Aperture uh, uh, Foundation, a big photography Uh organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Uh so one of the ways that uh, Her Justice raises money is that they always have a silent auction of photographs and a live auction of some special photographs. And so uh, I've been donating to them for some time now.
1: That Uh, was great. They
3: picked me as one of their honorees. Really?
1: Congratulations Bob that's
3: really what great. Else are you, what yeah. other
2: um what other foundations are you involved in Bob? Uh, well, there's
3: one called uh Food Bank of New York, which actually okay. feeds a lot of people here in New York City. They feed over three hundred thousand people every day uh people don't realize how many people in New York uh you know are in dire straits, and if you don't have uh food you don't have strength to go and help yourself do anything else. so I think that that's right. you know feeding people is one of the basic necessities of life so I, I support the food bank. And um, there's a number of different organizations that I try to support whenever I can.
1: I want to put one word in, and I, want, I this is really great. I think, Bob, your last birthday party, mm-hmm. which was unbelievable. Bob Gruen's birthday party with <laughs> Alice Cooper there. and Well, every year
3: my birthday party is a pretty good event. Uh, it started accidentally years ago. Like most people, I didn't have a party. And then one year I was actually invited uh, to be in a group show. Uh, when CBGB Gallery opened, actually. Uh, And I mentioned that when they told me the night of the opening, I said, oh, that's my birthday that night. And so they put it on the invite, (laughs) <laughs> and a couple of people showed up bringing me gifts, and my agent got me a whole bunch of cakes, and I, we got a spread in the newspaper. And the following year, my agent said, you got to have another party. And I said, what do you mean I didn't even have a party? That was an opening. It wasn't my party. She said, well, you've got to have a party.
2: I hear, so, I hear about your birthday party. has it every party. year. I, I
1: kind of it and it's become quite a tradition. I think it's, it's a cultural trip, everybody almost, out there. Uh, Bob Gruen's birthday party is a trip every year. This I, I, I last one. I think this one,
3: year, I think I was – this year will be the 25th year, actually, that we're doing it. But last year, it's going to be hard to top because oh, there was a benefit in town, and Alice Cooper right. and uh, <laughs> Green Day and uh, Cheap Trick and Debbie, there, all these people were in
1: town yeah, for that. Yeah, they all showed up. And all a friend of
3: mine, uh, actually, Jesse Mallon, organized the whole thing because Jesse oh, told me he, and he you got to come seen, to this right. benefit. And I said, Oh, man, it's the night of my party. I can't get out. <laughs> I can't go to a benefit. And he said, I'll bring it to you.
0: <laughs> oh, and and really? uh, he messy, told everybody 40, and I made
3: a couple wow. calls myself but um Alice came down and he sang 18 and Billy Joe sang Sheena is a punk rocker and Jail Guitar Doors and uh uh we had a whole bunch of people Robert I, I Gordon was, thing, hey, Bob, and
1: uh Bob I was there and I was talking to Richard uh uh Richard Barone you know uh-huh. Richard Barone? Yeah and he's telling me he says he says Spence there's going to be a lot of people here tonight you're going to you'll see a lot of people here tonight Well and then, what I, yeah Great, and and uh, they all showed up. I was there. I, I yeah, I, I
3: didn't know until the morning that Alice was actually coming, and it wasn't until really? he was actually there that he agreed to sing the song, and that was kind of a surprise. Uh, the funny <laughs> thing to me is that some people who were there earlier, who left at ten or eleven o'clock, I think Alice got there around eleven thirty. Right, they all uh, And it. and the people who were there earlier, they called me later and said, "Man, that was a great party." And I said, "Did you see Alice?" They went, "Oh my God, Alice came!" You know, and they didn't <laughs> even know about that part. I was
1: talking so, to Alice and, and then Steve. Stevie Van Zandt shows up, too. Stevie Van Zandt showed up. Yeah, little a little thing whole- was there. Uh, it, so, was great. Sylvain, it was a lineup. Actually,
3: Allison and Jamie from The Kills were there, and Debbie was there. Uh, yeah, it Debbie was quite a, you know. a cast of characters we had. It was.
1: It was great. It was a great uh, night. You should have more like that, Robert. It's going to be tough, like that.
3: Alice singing 18 is going to
1: be a tough act to follow. I don't know
3: what I'm going to do <laughs> this year. You know, But uh, we'll have a party. I am planning on continuing the tradition, so They're we'll great. see what happens.
2: I hear about yeah. your parties, and I hear um, about, I about um, the oh. cake. I heard about the <laughs> cake this year. No, well,
3: we try to get a good one.
2: <laughs> someone <laughs> it, it, said there was a good cake. Oh, it's it a good cake. Was it was a delicious yeah, cake. Oh, you know yeah, me. we
3: always have a good cake. And in fact, someone sent me a, uh, it was like a f- big flower, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, you know, bouquet that people give you, but it was all bananas. It was a, really? oh, it was a arrangement bouquet, of bananas, yeah. a fruit uh, display uh, of uh-huh. all bananas. It was about three feet high. Yeah, there must have been more than a hundred bananas, in it, and they got eaten during the night. But at the end of the night, they were all gone. I was like amazed yeah, it was Wow, a big They went bowl. through the whole I saw thing. That, right? There's a
2: huge bowl, bowl of bananas. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: So yeah, that you, was, well, you never know. You know.
2: We never know what you're going to be doing, and you yeah, know we know right. we're, you're going to have another party. So um, well, I, I want to thank one day you. At a time, you know, no, totally. I want to thank you for being here today. And um, oh, my pleasure. Taking time out of your busy schedule because I know it's like what three, it's like seven, something there, about no, it's six. Or 15. Oh, it's early. What's yep. the weather like there today? You're in New York, it's still right? cloudy,
3: it's been cloudy all yeah. week. It's what we call a nice spring day, you know, the April showers. They're supposed to bring some flowers, I hope, because tomorrow is going to, supposed to be sunny, though. Finally, we'll see the sun again. It's been a very well, long too. winter here, and actually, in most of the whole east part of the country, it's been a long winter. Uh, yeah, so we're mm-hmm. waiting for the sun.
2: Well, I know. Actually, I that's mean, one of
3: Yoko's it's... songs, "Waiting for the Sunrise." <laughs> that's right. I, I, I saw
2: that song. Yeah. Mm. So we're gonna end the end the show with a song called um, "Waiting on the D Train." Waiting for the D
3: Train. Yep. Uh, you it, want
2: to tell us it little Yoko's bit about that vocal song?
3: style. Well, it shows Yoko's vocal style and how she uses uh, you know the that vocal style to. Uh, to express different emotions and feelings, and uh, it's a really good one. I think this is the one one of the ones that went to the top of the English dance chart. So, oh wow! Uh, I thought we could okay. share that with the people. Well,
2: yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening. And again, if you missed the beginning of the show, the show will be available afterwards on iTunes, and also on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio under the Indie Cafe. And I wanted to say, she- Shay. She- say real quick. Um on the seventeenth um uh we're going to be having um Mara Masse. Is that how we say the name? Spence? Yeah. Yeah
1: Marla Massey, Mara Massey on the seventeenth. I'm, I'm Thomas and Dom. Uh huh. And,
2: and then on the twenty second we're gonna have Lee Stewart, um, from Phil Freeway. And then on the twenty fourth I'm going to be having um, a couple special guests, and we're going to then have Willie nylon, on. So this is going to be a really oh, this busy cool. month. So, yeah. Yeah, Willie, Willie's such a great,
0: great... Willie's coming and back,
2: again. <laughs> great stories. Cool. Yeah. But um, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day, because this was a really really important show for both Spencer and I to yeah, well, do. Well, it was um, pleasure. For everyone yeah, listening great, to the show, we want to thank you all for listening. And... Um, <laughs> And it's the weekend when you are going to hear the show, hopefully. And uh, don't drink and drive, and have a beautiful weekend. <laughs> okay. And with that, we're going to end with uh, Waiting on the V right. Train. And, Spence, you and I are going to skip pop culture news today. Okay. Okay. Is that cool?
1: Next next show. Yeah, we'll do it the next show.
2: Okay. All right, cool. All
3: right, great. All All right, thank
1: Paul. you. Hey, thank you so much. Have a good day, Robert. Here I'll see you right. soon, okay.
3: man. All right, I'll thank see you. you. Soon. Okay.
0: All right.
2: Here you guys go. Bye. All
3: right. Okay. Bye.